0: Sure about that? No. Are you sure you're still here? Pretty tired. I'm only. You right. are
1: here physically, but not mentally. Exactly.
0: Searchable as reptiles. One of, first, one of the first times had a, a studio audience. Is it? How many? Oh, we have Brian Gundy. I think has been our ever only ever at our, at our house, like the very first yeah. one. Alright, but if you guys aren't good to be in a um, quiet studio
2: Can we hold up cards like applause?
0: <laughs>
1: oh my god. Uh, no, you got to be quiet. Well,
0: you guys are already are oh, you guys are already making a bunch of noise yeah, right Yeah, you now.
1: already blew it.
0: Uh, we started recording about 10 minutes ago and you guys are just come on in and so it's a clap, clap, slam, slam. Hi. <laughs> you care if we stay here? <laughs> smash, smash. Do it. Johnny Walker blue label do you guys want to any
1: of this stuff before we sure I'll take last there's a retic one. coming out
2: of that bag you have to grab a i think there's cups over there so, or down by
0: the ice thing or something you're gonna have to get that mic like in front of your Lower. face. The, the great thing if it was yeah i kind of get it like where it's like pointed up at you kind of like where it was, actually what it ended up being perfect was what how we had them last time where they were they pointed right up at our faces it's like that, yeah, that thing, that, that ended up Doc working perfectly. Like, yeah, it in we the want. crotch, the old crotch shot. What's that one? The Balvenie. Balvini. We haven't it's opened that yet. No. We can open it. We can want. open it now. It's the Balvenie. Yeah. Caribbean rum cask. Caribbean or yeah. Caribbean? Uh, I like to say Caribbean, but I'm open
2: to Caribbean as well. It depends on what you're talking about. If it's the Pirates, of the Caribbean. Yeah. Everything else is Caribbean. The rum of the Caribbean. Yeah, like Caribbean boas.
0: Well, uh, you know. You don't say Caribbean boas. You could. You could. You could. I mean, I haven't said that. It doesn't mean you couldn't say it. I could. Uh, You could. Oh, that sounded nice. That's good. Thanks. Say when. Well, what are you looking up over there, Garrett? yeah you. Oh, I'm researching who's our whiskey sponsor here Jeff Matthews Jeff Matthews yeah thanks Jeff Matthews Caribbean cask you want yeah you want to read it off Oh um, so Je- a-
2: Jeff says he's had you know he, he's part of like a bourbon enthusiasts group. Um, I think they actually have a Bible study called Bourbon and Bible. And they get together, and they drink, and they study the Bible. Oh, I like it. The
0: Holy yeah. Spirit. <laughs> 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 <I mean. laughs> that was too smooth. Single, single malt scotch. Single malt
2: spirit. So, uh, yeah, kind of kind of an interesting group, that's for sure. But um, he says he's tried much more expensive ones,
0: but he likes this one the most. Okay. So. I, I was a huge on scotch for a long time. And then I found bourbon, and now I'm huge on bourbon in a big way in a short time. But... I'm still having to scotch. So the thing about scotches is, is that they s- are generally aged in ex-bourbon casks, so it's like pre-soaked wood, and you don't get – it takes longer for it to marry Yeah, with there's the not much and, left. Yeah, so you have to have them age longer, and what a lot of scotches end up doing is doing finishing and things like a Caribbean cask. There like you go. This.
1: Yeah, my dad's a uh, big scotch guy, and he – the Balvenie, like, he loves that. You know, he – all
0: different types of stuff, but that that Balvini he really likes it. So, yeah. well, we'll give it a shot. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout to our audience listening to us right now. Thank you guys for tuning in. Searchable's reptiles. I'm Brian, one of your hosts. We got Garrett, another host. Hello, Bradley, Macalea. Hello, hello. Or Ma- I like to say as I like to say, Mikhail. Yeah, Mikhail, yeah. Mikhail. Yeah. <laughs> Macalea. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And Garrett always says it wrong.
0: Macalea, and of course Bradley has. No, I just say it more gringo. <laughs> <laughs> I come to understand the proper way to say it is Macalea. Yeah, Macalea. mac Macolier. 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 Well, I still Bradley Macolier. I'm just gonna stick yeah. with Mikkel. Yeah, uh, it sounds. Macalea. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds cool. Well, I asked you. I remember asked you once. I was like, "Is it? Is it like Mikkel? Yeah." You're yeah. like, "Yeah." I was like, "Yeah, yeah go yeah, for that's it." Mikkel. Yeah. <laughs> And then we're supposed to obviously have your co-host from Connected by Creatures because you guys are the location sponsors for this particular podcast here. At the Zach, Zach Nava. To. yeah, Zach definitely. The only, the only by the way, every time we say Zach Nava, you got to take a drink of whiskey. Drink honor of Zach. He's to not
2: Zach. Here. To Zach. The, the truth is, he he can't be on this one because he talks too much for four people to be on
0: one.
1: Podcast. Which which is true. Uh, we uh, of course you know we do Connected by Creatures every Friday, eight p.m. Central Time, and. uh we normally only have one guest, and our guests sometimes struggle to get a word in with Zach. So.
0: I don't know what it's like to have a podcast host like that. I, co-host, I should say. I think we what feel are, each other's pain, Brian. About? I'm what saying I have about? no idea what it's like to have a podcast host that <laughs> <laughs> speaks so much that you know you struggle to get a word in, even as a guest. Which is why we stopped having guests. because This uh, is bottled up frustration from like two years ago. No, actually our last couple podcasts have been really good. We decided maybe we won't have guests ever again. Unless they're friends. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, I consider both of you Don't friends, hold us so. to that, folks. Yeah. Don't hold, don't hold us to it. <laughs> but, I mean, speaking of the NBC Arlington show, this was my first show back since COVID. I, I know, Garrett, you've been to maybe the Steel City? Yeah, like a smaller local show. Smaller local show. This, this is, is like the,
2: the first, first big show.
0: First national big show. show.
1: Yeah, it, it's definitely ours. Uh, the last show that we went to was this same show in February of last year. And when Tinley got canceled, this is the first one that we've been to since then. So, What
0: did you guys note, think? Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. So, so
2: yeah, all right. So I don't, you know, probably not everybody that's listening got to go to the show. So I had some, I guess, expectations or whatever, not, not on purpose. I was just kind of more like predictions of how the show would go after being away from a show like the National Association of Reptile Breeders Convention, you know. Uh, something that was that big for over a year, and then coming back into it. And it was not really what I
0: expected, but... in what way? So I didn't get to walk around the show hardly. I, I, I literally did an uncut video. But I walked around the show for 30 minutes until my st- camera stopped recording and went back to the booth. I did a bunch of interviews, but I literally was around the show for a half hour, two, show, two hours before the end of the day. And that's all I saw of the show. Yeah, but you were here all weekend. You were at the... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the, I was at the auction. Yeah, I was yeah, like, hanging out with everybody as far auction, as actually inside the show at the venue. Yeah, right. Right. I, I didn't uh, Did. s- get a f- too much of a feel for like what was going on like on people's tables. I literally got a quick glance through my camera lens at yeah. what's going on at people's tables. So
1: right. I, I'm just curious what you meant. Like, what... uh, Yeah, I'm interested in the expectations that yeah, you're seeing. Yeah, expectations so, versus... So one of the oh,
2: things no. I, you know, like maybe these were just dumb assumptions or whatever, but I was thinking they're probably going to be, you know, in any show like this, you have certain people that are uh, nationally known. They ship their reptiles everywhere. Everybody like that that I've ever talked to did great last year during COVID. They right. sold more snakes than they usually sell. A lot of people sold out when they don't typically sell out. However, there's a whole lot of people that rely mostly on show revenue when it comes to selling their reptiles. Right. They They do a circuit. They go from show to show to show to show. And uh, generally, these are people who do more, like, impulse buys, right? Because, like, online, like, I don't know. If you breed ball pythons, you know Justin Kabilka.
0: Right.
2: But you're probably not going to wait to a show to try to buy a snake from him. You might barely get to talk to him at a show. Hopefully you do. But the easiest way to buy from him is just go to his website or... And
1: you know, and, you know uh, to to that point, like people who are you know investing in animals as far as breeding projects, like you know what you're looking yeah, for, you have and specific. right, and you can find that specific animal on Morph Market or on whoever's page, or and you can get that animal instead of having to come and look through stock at a show. So, right. it, now, like,
2: I I do know that like customers have come to me and say, well, I wanted to talk thing through things with you because I don't know what I want. So I wanted to see everything there and have you talk me through it so that I could buy something. The only problem is if you're busy at a show, which, like me, I'm generally very busy as far as trying to say hi to everybody that's in the, the booth, you're far less likely to get that half-hour conversation right. or whatever. You know what I mean? If you're If you're lining up against 3,000 other people and there's only 16 hours total or it's less than that, but... You know what I'm saying? At a show, you're, you're not going to get that half hour. You know, divide the, the – do the math, you know. and Even and the people I
0: bring on for guests for interviews, like, we get about 10, 15 minutes. Of, Barely, yeah. Ba- right. Yeah. And then and then it's like they, they have to get back to their booth. Because I like to have people on that are like, – like Bob Clark comes to this show a lot. Yep. He was there. I got to have him on as a guest, and I – I know I'm trying to be a, respectful of his time, and B, is just kind of a, a perfect length for the in-person for me with the recorded interviews, and he, you know, um, but his snake was the only one that pooed on the table the entire show. Well, and, and to Bob's
1: credit, man, like, uh, you know, shout-out to Bob Clark because he gave me, you know, five, ten minutes of his time to do something for YouTube and showed me animals and talked to me about stuff and, you know... It, Bob's huge like everybody knows who Bob Clark is and for him to give me that time like I really appreciate it and then I saw him right after that come and sit down with you and you know there's Bob's booth there's always a ton of people yeah. right there because Bob has cool animals and you know he's really
2: good about showing people and talking to people so well, yeah, that's, yeah. that is what we go to the shows for mm-hmm. right it's just that you it's very hard to coordinate anything or make sure that that
0: happens so I'm, I'm still curious okay, how, okay. you so my, how yeah. was your is different from your expectations so what I were your expectations my in- my expectations
2: were going to be that everybody would be very high in inventory at least these people that sell locally like I haven't sold anything for a year and a half. I got everything from last year and everything from this year for sale. So I thought there would be like a huge inventory of reptiles. And then I what I was also thinking was, you know, as vendors, it's kind of a it's a it's a big pain to go to shows even if you love it, it's it's just a tremendous, tremendous amount of work.
0: It takes a lot of effort for sure.
2: Right. And so a lot of us have been spoiled with online sales for the year. So I figure, okay, so vendor count is gonna be low because a lot of them are like, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like the national guys I thought were gonna be low. The local guys I thought are right. gonna be real high. And then I just kind of assumed like it's Arlington and stuff like that. I, I thought there was gonna be a lot of people who haven't been to big national shows. Showing up, So I thought that the, you know, the amount of people coming through the doors to, to attend the show was going to be huge. So it was a little bit off. I mean, first of all, there wasn't a huge inventory. There was a lot of, there wasn't anybody that's like, I've got 50 of one kind of snake. I agree. Everybody just had a couple of little, seemed like, you know, not in a bad way, but like the scraps. You know what I mean? I picked like over. One of these and one of those and one of these. Yeah, Because yeah, everybody's
0: snakes got thing. bought online through COVID. <clears throat>
2: Well, I know. Okay, so but then a lot of national vendors showed up, which was the opposite of what I thought. There wasn't a whole lot of local guys. I mean, most of the local guys were just in there walking around. I would have thought that would be the opposite.
0: Mm, Gotcha.
2: Right? Gotcha. And then it wasn't a particular – it wasn't a bad show. It wasn't like a lot of people didn't show up, but it wasn't a particularly busy or crowded show.
1: Uh, I definitely see what you're saying, Uh, and honestly, I expected Saturday to be you know huge line out the Ah, door, people you know people waiting to get in, and uh, I I definitely see what you're saying. No, No. it it wasn't like I've seen before with national shows, and and today. You know, being the second day of the show, it's always a little bit slower. But like, it, it slowed down quite a bit
2: today by about one o'clock.
0: I feel like Arlington was always like kind of slower though, like compared to Tinley or compared to Pomona. Like, it, I never felt like it the aisles are yeah. as crowded as.
2: But but today I think was like on par or slightly less than your average Arlington show yeah, this time.
0: So, so not definitely not under. It was just, like, right at average. Yeah, maybe. I think it was a little under. I think it was, maybe, a, little maybe maybe think it was a little under. There's, there's moments yeah. when it was moving pretty good. I, I mean, it's, I, I guess so we have to get the wrong actual this. numbers. think about this. Throughout
2: the weekend, did you meet more new people that you hadn't seen, or was it more, like, groups of people that you kind of always see at this show, like the hardcore fans that come round
0: I met and a round ton of people that I never round. met before at this show. Did you? Yes. Like, okay. maybe just as much, if not. Like, for how many people there were through the door? Compared to something like Tinley where there's more people through the door, or something like Pomona where there's way more people through the door, I say per capita I met more new people at this show than I have yet.
1: But do you accredit that to your growth in over this you know, last year and you know, you've you've reached more people through your platforms and now you have a a broader audience.
2: That's in comparison. Like Bradley, you and I were walking around the show and you were stationary and never knew where to find you. Mm. So maybe it was that too. Yeah, that you helps. Know, where, like, right. Like if I sat down, I had a big Reach Out Reptiles logo behind me. Then would people know? Because I was walking around, and especially when people are wearing masks and stuff, it's hard to recognize people.
0: And that's why I wanted to come to this show as the first show because I heard Texas was wide open, and I didn't want to go to a show where they're letting in limited numbers of people, and everybody was like, like masks required. And I'm I'm fine with with masks and public and, pub, and public safety. I'm fine with that. But how I did want not want to go to back to my first reptile show it's weird and have it convention. weird where I can't see yeah. people's faces. And
1: honestly, man, like uh, uh, something that means a lot to me with this show is that sense of normalcy. You know, with everybody wearing masks over the last however many months, and everybody being cooped up and quarantined and stuff like that, it feels good to come to something like this and see your friends and to see other people and have that sense of. Going back to normal, you know, like, it just feels great.
0: That's that's how it felt to me, too. <laughs> I, had, I had no expectations of this show. I just knew I was going, and I was hoping it was going to be great. Yeah. And it, it literally felt like every other NARBC show I've been to in the, in the past. That's how it felt to me.
2: Okay, interesting. I, was, I just had a, a funny moment where um, I was standing outside the In Your Face Exotics booth, which is owned by Gavin Bowie. And I didn't expect him to be the show. In fact, his, I, I expected his,
0: the opposite because I saw Amanda out there. Yeah. She, I gave her hug. She's like, I was like, Is Gavin coming? That's she's like, wife. No, no, no. Yeah, Amanda, Bo, yeah. She said, No, he's not coming. Like, he's right. Still, yeah. Know. Everyone said he wasn't coming. Yeah. So,
2: anyways, I was sitting there talking to Jake Klotz at his booth and he walked up, but he had a ball cap on, sunglasses, a big mask, and a hoodie. <laughs> so, all you could see. Was this dude in like like with a bunch of beards? The Unabomber. Yeah, he did look like the Unabomber, but with with a beard sticking out of the bottom of his mask. And I'm talking to Jake, and nobody expects him to be there. And he walks up and he goes, "Hey," it, like right in the middle of our conversation. Yeah. And then we kind of stopped and we're like, "Hey," and he's like, "Hey," he, did, <laughs> he didn't say anything. I did not recognize him. Jake did not recognize him. And he was just standing there. I thought he was just like okay some random dude at first i thought maybe he wants to talk to jake because jake was vending from that table so i kind of stepped back so he could talk to him. i was like did you need to talk to jake he's like no oh, i'm good <laughs> and they just stood there and i was like oh okay so i kind of just started talking to jake and he just like took a half step closer to me he's like standing real close to me like as i'm talking to jake i'm like can i a little comfortable Help L- you, little, sir? A little, little, little comfortable <laughs> some, for some of you maybe
0: didn't right. know. <laughs> Six feet, sir. Read the mask.
1: <laughs> and uh, shout out to In Your Face Exotics. Uh, that's one of the only people I purchased any animals from. This you weekend. did? I did.
2: What did you buy? Uh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, Katie actually picked up a female lavender Motley GC.
2: Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. All so, right. Shout out to
1: them. And uh, the reason we bought it from them is uh, I wound up winning their uh, donation to the US ARC. So at oh, the auction right I I bought their so. how, how much out was him. the
0: voucher that they gave? 500 they and wow, two shirts. Yeah, yeah. It, it was
1: cool. very generous. So.
0: What did you how much did it cost to win that?
1: Uh I wound up being 375.
0: Oh, a deal. Got a deal. Yeah. There you go. And ARC made some money. Oh,
1: and that's I, what really? it's all about. I
2: got a I got a good deal on a couple of vouchers. I got a $1000 voucher to ARS. Sorry, Brian. And then I got a, uh, a $2,000 voucher to Jason Amos for ball pythons. 2000 oh, nice. $2,000 voucher. So I got $3,000 in vouchers I'm taking home. For, and how much did you win those for? Oh, I, I kind of spent I, I paid 1200 bucks for the $2,000 voucher. Okay. But it was mostly because I had that Johnny Walker blue label and I wanted something to drink for the table. And then, and then I was like, oh, I guess I won a ball python. I didn't so realize I'm there was take a voucher back. in that. That oh it, yeah, it was yeah. a two thousand dollar. Yeah, I didn't really actually like that. I, so I don't want a bullpython, but I uh I I was gonna take it back for Rob. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, I'll give that to Rob. That'll be fun. I'm, I'm sure he would like that. Um but uh yeah, so hey, I
0: answer it, put on a speaker, put oh, on a podcast. All right,
2: hold on. Julie Johnson's
0: calling me. Hey Julie. Hey, um, it's Jericho. Me and my mom? Literally. Jericho yeah. Jericho, you're on the podcast. Jericho. We're trying
3: <laughs> because we're literally, I'm soaking in my dress right now, and I went to the wrong room. I was like Brian, and they were like Riley. <laughs> oh can
1: we God. have the studio audience Jerica, take a uh, Jerica, take a towel downstairs? We're on the
0: podcast what? right now. Say hi to our audience. Say hi.
3: Hello. Can you please tell me your actual room number? Because I went to nine ten. Nine fourteen.
0: Oh my gosh. Did <laughs> you guys didn't
3: hear me calling Brian?
0: No. I, my phone's recording okay, us right well now.
3: We'll be back. Iced coffee. Thanks, oh, that Jericho. sounds like a
2: good idea when you're dripping wet in
0: a dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, bye, hey, Jer. Bye. That's Jericho. Oh, that was actually probably the funniest part of the entire auction. If you guys oh haven't been to an, gosh, AR- gosh. If, you, yes, if you guys oh. have not been to an NARBC auction, I mean, obviously I'm not talking to you guys sitting here with me, and you haven't been to one where Brian Potter is the MC. He just goes in. As hard uh, as possible. He just—he's really very, just being himself. Turned it's up very, turbo. Adult. Yeah. Yeah, it's very adult, yeah. It's very, very savage. But but there was a moment when so Jer- and Jerica had known about this. Let, this let, was, me, let me. is Julie's. Let me preface for those let people. Me, can I don't. speak without being run over by you for a oh, fucking second? Oh, maybe. Good God. Maybe. <laughs> Jesus Lord. Um. So Jerica is Julie's daughter. Lindy Johnson's daughter is Julie, and Jerica is. So Jerica is Lindy's granddaughter. And she was super worried about, she had heard about, like, Brian, she was kind of worried, like, I hope he's not going to, like, does he, I told her, he loves just pick on people, like, randomly in the crowd, like, all for fun. And she's like, I really hope he doesn't pick on me. I really don't want to be picked on at all. Like She uh, did say that? Yeah, she said I it. Because I told that. her before the auction that, like, that this he does this. I was like, it's super funny. I was telling her all about this at the show before the auction even happened. And she's like, I, didn't know I that really thing. don't want this. She's sitting next to me. And she's like... I feel like he's going to be like, I don't, I, I don't want him to pick on or anything. But then, then they decide, you know, we ca- get Jesse on the horn. We're like, you guys need to start bidding on stuff for Freedom Breeder because, you know, part of the family. And so they're bidding, and that's when it starts, he starts taking notice, and he realizes sure. Jerrica is a beautiful, beautiful girl. This is what I was going to
2: preface. Somebody asked me this weekend, Okay. is Julie or Jerrica the hot one? Because they saw my video where the, I heard the girls the conversation. gave me a and my answer was
0: yes. Yes. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that's so, all I was going to preface right, right, it with, right. just I'm so sorry. you guys I'm understand. Sorry, sorry. They're cute. I, I don't mean to curse at you for running over. I just get used to it. Um, <laughs> uh,
1: well, in in the auction, you know, to to the point that Brian's making, well, uh, I haven't finished my story. I finished don't okay, run f- him finish, over, your Bradley, story, so, finish your story.
0: So she she starts to bid, and that's when she catches Brian's attention. As as we all mentioned, she's very beautiful, and Brian noticed that right away. He was like. Oh my God! I want you, like I want you to. Be yeah, hit. he just stopped the auction he for stopped a minute. The auction and started hitting on
3: Jericho. Started, started proposing started to her. Basically, started, wound up
1: forgetting the bid that was going forgetting on
0: there. Yeah, and then and then somebody like I think somebody went up and like was like, "Hey, that's that's Lindy's granddaughter." Like they're probably trying to like maybe get him back off. He's like, "That's Lindy's <laughs> granddaughter." <laughs> this just got way better for me. Like mom and daughter. This is and he's just like going. I'm like, I just can't wait. The he's it, like, please let's go. Like he just like full horn dog yeah, in front of the well. entire crowd. Yeah, he's Monday like Dolly
1: again. Parton's not in the spank bank anymore. <laughs> <is these laughs> and he?
0: He's just like I hope. That, uh, no, and Jerick was, like, just, like, the, the whole time, like, hoping that that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> How did she feel about it afterwards? Yeah, okay. I was her? like, you know, obviously that's a compliment, right? You know, sure, you know, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, that was pretty we could ask her if she ends up walking in for a towel. Well, she
2: ended up winning. They they went up against Kim Bell, and Kim Bell is, like, ridiculously generous yes. during the auctions. she I always win to Kim Bell. I had actually told Julie about 30 seconds before those items went up that they were bidding on. I was like... Stinking Kimbell, she's so generous. I always lose to her in an auction. You know, even Get when I'm trying to throw up. down big, like I'll go up to two thousand dollars on a book or something, and she'll still win. And it's like, dang it! So I was telling her that, and then uh, and then Julie ended up Julie and Jerica, Jerica ended up winning. A second. Please, they just they for a ended second. up winning. Jerica. We got towel. There's a towel hanging on the back of the door. There. Come here. I just. Uh, I just want to, I want to, and they ended up, question. they ended up winning. Uh, what was, what did you guys win, Jerrica? It was like a coffee mug. Yeah, seat, sit, sit seat, in Cusco's like... chair for No, I'm literally drenched. Yeah, that's all right. We're good. I'm getting kind of hot. So, what was it that you guys were bidding on in the auction and why did you want it so bad?
3: Which one? We're talking
2: about the U.S. Ark auction.
3: Oh, the cups.
2: Yeah, it was like a coffee cup that said U.S. Ark auction. Yeah, they're like tumblers or something.
3: Because my mom drinks tea, brings five cups a day to to work, and so I was like, okay, we'll bid on this.
2: Now, what did you guys w- end up winning them for?
3: 500 each or something. Mom, how much should we get them the for? 1,100.
2: 1,100 bucks wow. for two coffee mugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, now that we have you sitting here.
3: Oh, boy. The real
2: question was, how did you feel? How do you feel? Oh, yes. Brian, cause you Brian, Take
0: I know one of your things, I
2: was telling, you, I was telling the story, Here, Brian, take, this, take, you take my mic, Brian, here.
0: Uh, I was telling the story already about how you didn't want to, like, Necessarily get. I told you before we went to the auction, I was like, you know, Brian likes to pick on people in the crowd. Yeah, like, that I, was I really concerned. don't want to be the person that gets picked on. Like, Is that going to happen? I was like, not nah, probably not. I don't yeah. know. And then he went in on you harder than anybody <laughs> at the show. At the, that was literally the highlight of the auction for people that. How did you feel about that?
3: Yeah, I was just a little scared because you scared me.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was scared because you scared me.
3: Um, I just thought he was just going to pick on me, but it wasn't like – it's not like he was picking on me. It was just he was being funny. Yeah, yeah, right.
2: Definitely. <laughs> that's the that's the way. I mean, he, he he's one of those guys that has a way of, like, picking on people in a way that they love. Yeah. Like, like right. Blake Stewart was sitting at our table, and he's like, yeah, that guy. Who is that guy? Some that Polish-looking guy. Yeah, Jack Polak over there. Or whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just joking around, and... I don't know. Even when I repeat it, it sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, man. Like he like, has a way of making it work. Yeah,
1: Brian can just go hard on somebody, and it's it's comical to that person and yeah. to everybody else in the room. Right, you know, right, so right. Yeah, I love it when he does the auctions. Yeah,
3: you know. he was funny. Everyone yeah. came up to me and was like, "Oh, there's Brian's wife." I'm like, "Oh, great." <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I was like that's that was nice.
2: Well, I think if you win a, a couple of coffee mugs at a U.S. ARC auction, everybody in the reptile industry remembers who you are after Yeah. That. So that was, a, that was a good splash for you for coming yeah, and representing. Yeah, that,
3: that was good because I've know. never been to, like, an auction. Right. So.
2: Yeah,
0: perfect.
1: So now that you've been to one... Are you interested in coming back and doing more? of Yeah,
3: well, hopefully we can come back. Are, are we planning on bringing Coco to Chicago? I think that that's going to be again. yeah. Let's hope we are Sweet. able to go. So
2: everyone's going to have to come to the Chicago show. That's yeah. the one in June. Schomburg. Yeah. Schaumburg. Schaumburg. Wait, yeah. Right. Okay. Macalea that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'd be great. That'd yeah, be great. We'll be
3: there. Hopefully Jesse will come. Yeah. yeah definitely. We'll the the oh game. Jesse's yeah. fun.
2: Yeah, so if you guys are listening, you'll have to stop by the Freedom Breeder booth. Say hey. Say <laughs> so th- thanks for sponsoring, Brian. <laughs> I need a towel. Thank you, Jerrica. Here's your towel right there. Uh,
1: what I was going to say earlier uh, was, to, to Brian's point about uh, Sorry. about you know warning people ahead of time <laughs> with uh, the U.S. ARC auctions and everything, when we were sitting at the table, like right in the middle of it, I looked at, because, uh, you know, uh, Phil started it. Because Brian Potter wasn't, uh, yeah, right. and, I, was I, when, and when when Brian like, Potter got up mind. on the stage, I told Blake Stewart, I was like, "Dude, he's gonna just start going off on people." And Blake looked at me and he was like, "What?" And I was like, "Just watch, man." And it wasn't, you know, four minutes later, he said that shit about Blake that you were just talking okay. about, and Blake was like, "Oh, I get it now." <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: he actually uh, he texted Lindy right after the auction and told him that he wanted to marry. Because oh, Brian cause, Potter because well, Lindy texted uh, somebody, like either Julie or Jericho, and was like, uh, Brian said he wants to marry blah, blah, blah or something. That's <laughs> hilarious.
2: <laughs> that's funny. That's
0: it funny. was funny. It, it was Not, a good auction. That, it was, again, like that's what I was, it, it was exactly as I f- felt it should be. It, it didn't feel any different than, it didn't feel weird, like, at I'll, all.
2: I'll tell you one thing that was weird. What, it,
0: it bothered
2: me a little bit. And I'm, I'm going to bring it up. It, I guess it bothered me that much. And I, I usually don't get bothered by stuff. I let everybody, like a live and let live kind of a thing. But there were quite a few people that wanted to, like, talk to me or hang out or whatever after the show. I mean, you're there to network and everything. So I had, there was one, there was, like, kind of the Green Tree Python gang. Mm-hmm. That they're like, hey, we're all going to this place. You should come. And that was cool. And I said, you know what? That, that's dinner. Like Like, they're getting dinner. I said, the U.S. ARC auction is there, so I got to go support U.S. ARC. You know what I mean? And a lot of them donated and stuff, so this isn't a bad way. But then there was another group. Who was it? It was like um, a couple of guys that, that are local to Texas, boa breeders, that want to kind of hang out with me, talk shop and stuff like that over dinner Saturday night. I said, I can't go. Then the retic guys, there's a gang, you know, uh, hanging out over there in the corner, a bunch of reticulated python breeders. And they're like, hey, man, don't forget us just because super are popular now. You know, you got to come to dinner with us. When are you going to dinner? 6.30. I said, well, the it starts at 6. Right. I got to support USARC. And they're like, oh, well, we're going to go to dinner. And I was just like, these large groups of people that have, you know, established breeding businesses. And to me, it's like especially the retic guys. You know, but not not in particular. I mean, at this point, everybody in the reptile industry needs to at least have a USARC membership. You know what I mean? A lot of those guys did donate to the auction. Right. But then you got to go there and you got to bid at the auction because even if you're not winning anything and stuff like that. Every bid brings it up. Yeah, you, it pushes I'll it up. Bids. It's not even to try and win. Just yeah, bid you bid stuff yeah, up. And, up. of course, sometimes you win, though, yeah. so whatever. Like but then cake. you're supporting. <laughs> yeah, didn't you buy, like, a $500 cake yeah, or something? Yeah, that happened. So, but, I mean, no, I was I was getting pretty pissed. So by the time the third group of people said, "Now nah, we're going to go to dinner and hang out instead of go to the USARC support auction, I was like, oh, that's fine. I was like, just give me the money that you're going to bid, and I'll buy you something. It'll be a surprise. And they just stared at me with blank faces, and I was like, seriously, guys, you, you guys are the re... Like, there were not a lot of retics at this show. Right. But there's a handful of breeders. I was like... You guys are, are the main ones that need to be benefiting. Yeah. You're the main one. You have the most to lose. A- and uh, if USARC loses, right. you need to be causing them to win. And yeah, so.
1: The retick fight's the big fight.
2: You know, or, you know.
0: Stop Re- shaming me. Remember, join You win more bees with honey. Than no, yeah.
2: I'm not shaming anyone. They, I am. People, should be, people should be supporting. Here's your honey. Go support USR, you know, and, and, and support our industry. Honestly, to to that point right there, if I came to a show, I would not care what happened. Everyone, Everyone's always like, well, I don't want to win anything. You know what I'm saying? It's like, who cares if you want to win anything? You know, like, I don't care. I just told you I won a $2,000 ball python voucher or whatever. But um, if I was to come to a show, I would come for Friday during the setup. So I could say not, – not vending. So I could say hi to everybody who was vending, see all my old friends and be like, what's up? And then I would go to Saturday night's auction and then I could leave because I don't need to walk around like with the crowd and see the reptiles and stuff like that. Like when I do that, it's, it's so that people can who, – who don't know me or don't have maybe like access to me because I don't have a public facility or whatever can see me in person, say hello – have a conversation, introduce themselves. And that was great, and I love that. But my main priority is, like, I, I like to, to say hey, and I like to go to the U.S. Arc Auction.
0: Those auctions are where it feels like, those are the, where the most feels like one big happy family is yeah. at the auction, And they're at
2: all the big national shows. So that's the biggest difference. You're telling me about the Steel City show. like I'm like, well, you know, like I mean, I don't want to say it's not a real show because the Steel City show is great. But they don't have a US Arc auction. It's a one day local show.
0: Oh, Phil also can't be at all these different shows throughout the year. He's got actual. Have to work be, to do. I mean, but to Phil doesn't evil. have to be there. That's true, yeah. it doesn't they have to. can they can set have their up. own auction. You're right. Yeah, I would run the auction. Sure, you're in right. Pittsburgh. I know Bob, Bob Vu does that at um like the Atlanta show or something. Yeah. he runs a US Arc auction out there yep. the, I believe. I would do that. Yeah. So so
2: that's the thing is uh, you know.
0: I don't know, support support the
2: ESR
1: cards. You and all. Bob kinda got in a little bidding war on something there at one point, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it was set. Oh yeah, the knife, knife, knife set. Those knife
2: sets yeah. always go pretty high. That was a knife set. That was yeah. the best knife set I've seen yet. Yeah, all, it all Damascus. Went really cheap. It was gonna go for like eight hundred bucks. Usually his knife sets are like thirty five hundred bucks, five thousand dollars. So I was like, shoot, I'll bid on that. And yeah. then Bob Vu was bidding and and it, and it started to slow down a little bit and he's going up by like twenty-five at a time. So I threw down like another two hundred on top, and I was like, "Come on, Bob! <laughs> yeah, it Come was on, great, Bob. That's all I was
1: hearing behind me. Come
0: <laughs> on,
2: Bob! I, I don't think he, I don't think he would have even necessarily bid on it if O wasn't egging him on. But
0: dude, speaking of, like- I actually
2: wanted to win that. He just he beat me fair and square. I got up to like two grand on him or something, and he's like twenty five, and I was like, all right you can have it.
1: But that's exactly what we're talking about though. Well, you know I wasn't like
2: trying to spend Bob's well, money. Well
1: no no no, but, <laughs> but the simple fact of, of you you bidding and y'all having fun going back yeah, and forth. Yeah. It's for a good cause. It's for USR. Like yep. that's without them we don't get to keep doing what we're doing. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's it. Okay, so, you guys ready to dive deep in the shallow end? I feel there was a moment when I was like, you know, playing back and editing the last podcast and maybe even the one before, building up to that one. Where I had this strong thought. I was like, should we rename the podcast, Diving Deep in the Shallow End? I was like, I feel like maybe, especially we're sitting by these pools all the time now. I was like, I feel like maybe we should change uh, the name. Well, but
1: before (laughs) you do that, before you break, dive deep into the shallow end, I just I just want to say that it, it's a little funny being on this side of diving deep in the shallow end because there's been a few in the past where oh, like hey, you hey. come to me and you're like Bradley, help me help me.
2: <laughs> help me I need to di- I need a question yeah. I need something to talk about
1: yeah. so so I'm interested in hearing what it is this yeah, time I,
2: I I did it all by myself oh I proud of me no yeah. promises though and, and
1: you and Brian says <laughs> he does all the work.
2: Yeah, see, it's the hardest part is thinking <laughs> of the night deep
3: and
0: the shallowing question. It's very yeah. difficult. Just turn the light off. We'll see how it looks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but leave the weather balloon up. I'll yeah, uh, plug the mics. It'll be fine.
2: <laughs> all right. So all right. we're talking about we've got three generations of Johnsons at this show. We're hanging out with. Brian Potter, enjoying him. Phil Goss. We got to talk to Bob Clark. You know what I mean? Gavin Bowie, Jake Klotz, all these guys that we met. Um, And it's kind of cool if you're a reptile nerd. You know, some of these people are very kind of uh, foundational people. For sure. You know, uh, Brian, you and I were talking about, like, "Ah, that's so weird to, like, talk to Bob Clark. And, like, he looks and acts exactly like he did when I was 15 buying my first jampea. You know what I mean, and it's so weird to have him be like, "Hey, Garrett, how's your breeding season this year?" And I'm like, oh, "You know what I mean?" Like, "Oh
0: yeah, I know exactly what you mean." We're talking about it. You not,
2: know it's not in like a fangirl way, just like a. It is for me. It is for me too. Oh well. All right. <laughs> Straight up. All right. Well, uh, there's an element to that. The thing I just think was weird is like that you're you are sharing a casual moment with somebody who had such a a. An influence on your life, right? Right. And now you get to just kind of talk to them as not not like I'm not trying to like say I'm like Bob Clark or whatever, but but like as peers, you guys are sitting down and having a, just having a conversation, sure. right? All right. So here's the dive deep in the shallow in question: If you could have that conversation with anybody, historical, living, dead, anybody, wow. who would you sit down and have that? Uh, that ten to fifteen minute show conversation with Brian, maybe somebody you would want to sit down at the booth and chat with, or Bradley just leaning over the, the, booth and you know if there was someone on the other end of the booth and they were going to talk to you for ten or fifteen minutes at a show.
0: So wait, does it does this have to be a reptile industry person? No, You're saying anybody, 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 anybody. So the funny thing is, the very first person that popped in my head, and this happens a lot, was uh, was Jimi Hendrix. But then I immediately. Like kind of just sat with it for a second. Jimi like, Hendrix just pops in your head a lot, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, because you know, <laughs> kind of saved my life once. Like with you know, and and uh, yeah, it's a whole different story. But who I would really like to at this point, if today, if if my grandpa would show up. Like oh that yeah you just took it 10 minutes yeah Super man that's shallow, that's a there, that's a whole and just have a conversation because i remember I, I interviewed him i was fortunate i had him on triple b tv one time i remember that yeah and he came on he's sharing some stories about yeah you might have feel like you actually met my grandpa one time yeah yeah we were buddies yeah so i feel like maybe you even did even even the way that you've convinced me <laughs> you so much you meet all these people that are on my videos um <laughs> my grandpa because he's from pittsburgh yeah, he's, he's born and raised Pittsburghian, you know, um, yep. and he talked about him every time we come out. Yeah, because he told me all the stories about these places and we get to go see him. And when we're in Pittsburgh and there's more Cusco probably in Pittsburgh than anywhere else in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just would love to just sit down and talk with him again for a minute, you know, and just like because we had this we had a great relationship. My grandpa and I like where he seemed to butt heads with just about everybody else for some reason. He and I, even though I definitely was more the rebel of the family and broke tradition probably more than oth- others, but we, we always got along, and we never butted heads. In fact, we talked about it once at his 80th birthday party, and my dad was like, oh, okay, you two lovebirds. Always oh, like it's great, you guys get along so well. <laughs> 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 but I would, and then also because of his story with the cotton mouths, to hear you, you know, I remember you're like yeah, there's all those little Pittsburgh guys talking about putting cotton mouths in their pocket and walk around they, they, because they smell like cucumbers. They could find where they were. Copperheads, at. yeah, yeah, copperheads, right? Yeah. Um, and and he you know he was sharing that story. He used to tell those day. stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to care- pick them up. Like I could find them because you know they smell like cucumbers. Like. I'd take him. I'd carry him around in my front shirt pocket at school all the time. And I remember you saying, oh, yeah, sure. So, and not just to have him to talk to with me at the show. I'd want you to be there, too, so you could talk to him, too, about that. That would be fun. It'd be cool to share, like,
2: past versus present Pittsburgh moments. Yes, yes. Because it's changed a lot. So that would be really cool. Right. That was too deep. I don't think I can top that. Go ahead, Bradley. Uh,
1: I don't uh I definitely don't think I can top that. But...
0: Well, this to, to be fair, this is what I've done. This question kind of before on another podcast in the last couple of months, and I did say Jimi Hendrix, and then somebody <laughs> else brought up their grandpa, and I was like, now I feel like a complete ass. Uh, oh man, much rather have my so you're paying it Hendrix forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 like appreciate it, Brian.
1: <laughs> Thank, <laughs> thanks well, a lot. For it's that. like
2: I, 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 yeah. If you had the a, a chance to bring like a loved one back for a minute, to yeah. talk to them. Uh, I I don't know how much I can really think about that. uh, I'm gonna just do something. Yeah, I mean that's. uh, I don't want to tackle that one.
1: That 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 definitely puts a lot of uh, a lot of intense thoughts in my head. You know, with things being left unsaid and things. Yeah, that that. I think that's diving a little too deep into the shallow well, end for me a very right shallow now. Shallow
2: question to start with. <laughs> true. I true. mean, it was, man, I was thinking like oh, Einstein. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know.
1: So for for me, I guess uh, with some of the paths that my life have led me down, and some of the some of the things that I've come across as far as uh, where I'm trying to aim my life, uh, I would like to probably sit down with uh someone from the ancient egyptian world and try to gain some of the knowledge that i feel like has been lost uh she i think
0: really those
1: i think that uh <laughs> there's some things that they knew that we don't mm. and that have been maybe either lost in translation or possibly hidden uh i think there was just a lot of knowledge of people and energies and lives and stuff back then that we've lost touch with
2: hmm. no, that was pretty cool
1: what about you garrett
2: your answer made me start thinking about missing forrest fanning at the
0: shows mm. there's a reptile guy that i'd like to talk to one more time yeah, I, that was the first time i had seen dez since because we we're supposed to meet up at tinley she looks good right? yeah she does look good and i maybe gave her an uncomfortably long hug for not for necessarily her? for her no but for not every, for no, her. no not for her not for her uncomfortably long for everybody that was standing around what well, does day. that matter i don't care i didn't care yeah, i'm no, just no, saying I, the, other, other people standing around commented on it that's my point it's, it's, yeah, like well i the, do the same i, I give Des yeah. gives great hugs yeah she does give great hugs and, and, I, and have, I need them and i think she needs them too yeah, so exactly that's i'm good. yeah exactly anyway yeah Forrest.
2: I, i'm gonna go martin luther king Jr. I
0: thought you said you have, so We got multiple answers now? Is that no, right?
2: no, I said You made me think of Forrest Oh, but, okay, okay But, no, I was My original answer Was Martin Luther King Jr. I think it, it was, it'd be kind of cool what, what I like about him was Like you were talking about You get more bees with honey Yeah And, oh my gosh Was he dealing with Like, outrageously difficult times I mean, he was killed Over his message, right? Yeah, right. He was martyred for right. that But, um But it was always the honey you know, versus like you know, and it, I I don't mean to make it like a racial equality thing or anything like that. I just think as a man, like you can kind of contrast his approach to like Malcolm X. Right. I was, that's I, thing, I was thinking I was that as you were saying, yeah, that. exactly, me too. But the way, but and both of them were very instrumental in in instigating change, right? But but the way that that Martin Luther King Jr. Like if you listen to his old speeches and stuff like that, you're like. He's just—he's just very compelling, and very inspiring,
1: very inspiring. He
2: doesn't whip you up to—to to, you know, get upset to want to do damage to something or someone. He—he he makes you think about yourself introspectively and find a void, and then want to become a better person. Right. You and that—that's a—that's a very powerful. And that
1: that entire idea behind that, man, like that's that's it's something that's very difficult to do, you know, for for anyone, because anyone who's had conversations about really in-depth things and things that are, you know, really important to you it's hard to have those conversations without emotion taking over and you know you letting that anger or whatever fury or it build up and yeah, that's what i'm saying he can it's right somewhere. and uh, th- that's your it is ridiculously compelling because there's conversations that we have on the daily you know whether it be political or religious or whatever stuff right yeah. that that people can't have like it's it's hard for two people to have that even people that love each other to have that conversation without getting overtly excited and emotional and for him to be doing the things that he's doing on such a global level and such a you know changing the world and be able to do it with that passion without the fury and the anger like it's pretty
2: cool You, you know what i actually did have one of these minute conversations with somebody like that and it blew me away you know um i met mr rogers when i was like a year old we nice. talked about we, i was thinking,
0: <laughs> a couple podcasts ago we very inspired talked about yeah definitely formative martin luther I king martin luther king and then oh we did and, and uh mr rogers oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so, yeah, so that when that you're talking the about Phoenix martin luther king, king was like, i was like I okay so, so did i, I rogers mention
2: rogers stan lee story then no I don't remember alright so you guys know Stan Lee of course, of course. I right. loved, I always loved his cameos in all the movies was right, right, like, right. I was right. wait for where's Stan guy. at yeah. where's Stan yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was I was big with Spider-Man was a huge part of my child so I'm, a lot of people probably don't know this but during the 80s my dad was a comic book artist for Marvel
1: which is the coolest thing about Garrett, by the way
2: <laughs> what my dad did
0: when, uh, He-Man Thanks. Yeah, great. <laughs> Thank you, and brother. the fact that he loves that. and the fact that he loves my logo. Okay. All right. All right. Enough about freaking Gary
2: Hartle. I'll tell you what. When I was a kid, my dad was such a fun person. Neighborhood kids my age would come to the house, knock on the door, and be like, Hey, hey, Garrett, can your dad come out and play? And I'm like, Wow. Yeah. And now I am reliving that painful childhood memory. Thanks, fellas. Dad, you're never coming on to meet my friends anymore. (laughs) I haven't got to meet your dad yet. No. Yeah, you did. He said, Oh, I just told
0: you the story of it. This is the opposite. Yeah. You've actually now met my dad. Yes. And you guys know each other. I haven't met your dad. Do you feel like you have? No. <laughs> Maybe I should vlog. My reality is uh, more attached to reality. Though. So this is what happens. I've watched
1: videos of your dad talking yeah, about yeah. different yeah, things. Yeah, so. yeah too.
0: Yeah.
2: He's super awkward. Dog, He got really weird. I was like, dude, you do like interviews on Disney and stuff. Like, why Why are you awkward on my YouTube channel? He's like, I don't know. I just felt like a lot of pressure right there. I was <laughs> like, that's so weird.
1: <laughs> it, it, Yeah, that's. I actually have seen videos on your stuff, but I've also seen videos outside, like talking about some type of Bugs Bunny thing or something recently. More recent
2: one. Yeah, he loved doing the He Man interviews because there's a huge like He Man super nerd culture. Yeah, and they, they're always like, can you please tell me what's going to happen at the end of the season? He's like, I can't say anything. But. <laughs> and then he, my, my dad is always getting in trouble for like leaking stuff. or like, he, I mean, the, the Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Jess is always yelling at me for telling, uh, telling all our industry secrets or whatever <laughs> on our live streams on Wednesdays. But, but anyway, um, no, so what happened? With like, he always worked for Stan Lee. He never got to meet Stan Lee in person. But he'd always tell me what a cool guy he was. And I – one of the things about Stan Lee's characters in the comic books, they were always very flawed and very human right. but with superhuman powers. So what he does is he, he, he creates the person you think you want to be, and then he tries to show you how that person actually has even they're, – they're even more messed up than you are. Right. And, it, and then he shows the heroism of the everyman. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's, oh, my gosh. It just, you, you, you think, like, Spider-Man is, like, a cartoon room or cartoon character or...
0: Can you guys go to the other
2: room or something? Brian's Sorry. kicking everybody out. I mean, <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're just trying to record a podcast over
2: here. <laughs> um, anyway, so, you know, it always inspires you. You know, he always had this message where it's, like, it's more important for you to be you than it is for you to be Spider-Man. And I made Spider-Man, but I want you to be you. It was really cool. You know, that's in a nutshell how I would sum up everything we love about Stan Lee's characters. So I met Stan Lee on Good Day LA. A lot of years ago, I was like the animal handler for a spread they were doing with alligators and all this kind of stuff. So I was handling the, a- the animals while the celebrity host was there. And it was funny, I was just mentioning how I, I usually don't fanboy... Uh, you know about people or whatever because if we grew up like my dad was famous we would go to famous people's parties like like uh i think i mentioned you like mark hamill's super bowl parties i feel and like, stuff a dick.
0: like i just kicked everybody out of the room am i a dick no yeah. Yeah. no okay yeah, yeah. 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 no. i, <laughs> I, 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 I three was ain't bad uh,
1: bad. i was honestly <laughs> waiting on you to do it a little while ago. <laughs> two, okay fine. two out of three ain't bad. you're
0: a dick <laughs>
2: um so anyway, I, I was just like, nah, I, I don't know. That's always just kind of been a part of my life. Like, oh, I saw you on TV, and now here you are in person. And it was always interesting to see how people were different from the characters I portrayed. So I meet Stan Lee in this green room. I was just saying I don't fangirl about stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's Stan Lee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh. You know, like this guy, like, you know, he he pours his himself into those stories. Right. And I'm a big fan of all the originals. You know what I mean? That, that he was really working with, like him and Steve Ditka and all those guys. So um, he pours himself into those. And then you connect with him, and and he's, you, you know, an older guy with wisdom and all this kind of stuff. And here I am, like six year old Garrett, you know what I mean? Connecting with him. Like I was getting bullied at school that day. And then I read about a, a superhero who was also bullied and tempted to do something back, but he took the higher road. You know, those are the stories all the time. I was like,
1: man. Yeah.
2: So it was so exciting for me to meet him. And I did the. The fanboy thing, where I was like, oh, "I'm sorry, Mrs. Stanley. Like, I don't know if you know Gary Hartle, but he's my dad." And he goes, "Yes, yeah, comic books, right?" Yeah, uh, and he did uh, Thor because he did a lot of Thor stuff. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's my dad." And I was like, "Oh man, that's so cool." And he goes, "Yeah, he was very good. I was a big fan of how he." And so I was like, oh, "He actually, like, you know, he, he gave my dad a specific comment, so or a compliment." So anyway, I was like, "Is it okay if I take your take a picture with you?" You know. And he's got his uh whoever it would be, the agent or whatever there. And that guy's like, Well, what's it gonna be? And we gotta sign a release form and all this kinda of, thing you can't use it for social media and all this stuff and, and You were six? No, 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 no. At this time I was like twenty something.
0: Okay I when sad. I met
2: him. No, I was saying six year old Garrett reading oh, comics gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. connecting with yeah. Yeah. Like social the message. Media? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was twenty something. So anyway, and Stan's like he's like, Hey, you know what? His family works for Marvel, like he can have a picture with me, just back off. And I was like, thank you. And the, and Dude, they, how would this podcast have been if Zach Nava was here? Zach Nava. I mean, am, I ca- am I capitalizing? <laughs> let me f- let me finish the story and you can talk the rest of the time. I don't want to. I don't want to.
1: <laughs> no, but I want you to drink for <laughs> Zach Nava. I just want everybody like, else to shut up except. Oh, for yeah, Garrett. you're right.
0: Exactly. Everybody's <laughs> getting out of the room so Gary can talk. <laughs> <laughs> You want to hear the story? I do, I do, but I've heard it before, but I won't hear it again. (laughs) Then you don't want to hear it. (laughs) No, I don't remember how it went.
2: All right, for everyone. He stands up. He's older now. He says, "I'm afraid I'm not much to look at these days." And as we're like starting to pose for the picture, I pointed his head and I go, "Hey, you know, with guys like you, it's all about what's in here that matters, anyways." And he's like, "Hold off." And he stops the picture and he turns. He looks at me in the eye and he goes, "No, son, no." He goes. It's about what's in here that matters. And he pokes me on my chest. You know what I mean? And I was like, Stanley makes me want to be a (laughs) 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 superhero. So that was one of those moments, like the late and great Stanley. It's amazing how he can inspire. I I talked to the guy for 30 seconds. uh, And he gave me the, the inspiration that I pulled from a lifetime of. Right. Reading his comic books, you know? It's well, crazy. And,
1: and going back, I know we've talked about him a, a little bit on here, you know, and keep bringing his name up, but I kind of had that yes, experience. with Zach Nava. He is like... With...
2: I want some of those. Sure you do you do still do. have the old Carter? I do still have the old
0: Carter. I'm surprised he said old Carter.
1: And you and I have talked about this before, Garrett, that, you know, I had an experience when I was younger with Bob Clark. And, uh, oh, did you? when i was uh when i was in college i was going to college for biology and everything and uh i sent an email to bob clark and so this would have been like 2004 i sent an email to bob clark that said uh you know, I'm amazed at what you do, you know, you're a huge inspiration, I would love to visit your place, and blah, 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 and it was, like, putting it out on a whim, you know, like, I didn't expect him to say anything back to me, I didn't expect anything like that, but I sent the email, and, like, Maybe eight hours later, I got an email back from Bob Clark saying, sure, if you can make it, though, because I'm from Arkansas. If you can make it over to Oklahoma, you can definitely come tour the place. And, like, life happened, and I didn't wind up getting to go, you know, like Uh, things. And, like, then, you know, later on, coming to shows and stuff, like getting to meet Bob. And a few years ago, I told Bob that story. And he was like, well, you're here now, you know. And I was like, thank you. And it's like. It is. It, it can be. It is what it is. But like, I, I'm a. I'm a huge Bob Clark fan. So, I mean, cool. he's a legend. So. Cool. And you had kind of had your own Bob Clark thing uh, that you had told me about. Something with a uh, uh, world's first picture or something that you talked to him on the phone when you were working out at Prehistoric.
2: Are you talking about the piebald? Yeah, I, I
1: can't remember what it was. Yeah, it, I like to
2: brag that I was the first person outside of Bob Clark to see a picture of the first captive Hatch yeah, piebald. That's and what. Nobody. It was. Well, I shouldn't say nobody, but. Nobody believed that that was going to be a genetic trait back then because it didn't look right, you mm-hmm. know. But, yeah, it, it was only because I intercepted an email from him to Jay Brewer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Opening other people's mail.
0: Exactly. Brian. I've been able to pull life lesson experiences from people that – and I feel fortunate to be able to do this with people that I don't even know. Like-
2: well, that's true wisdom. You don't need a, a giant mega personality to look up to. If you can learn from a bee on a flower, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, sure, you, I'm sure you can learn something from a bee on a flower. But I mean, spoken word, learning like words of w- word, little words of wisdom okay. from folks. Um, Give me an you, example. Um, bums under a bridge, even like they're like guys living under a bridge that haven't have no. Pl- I've, I've learned lots of things that I believe are important from from guys like that. You know, even if they didn't make what. even for themselves what would be a successful life i don't think you know sir but they still had something at least to pass on as far as words that could that's why i can't dredge up a specific example at the moment but i can can you yeah please
1: so uh everybody that knows me really well and knows me personally knows that like for a long time in my life i had a huge crisis of faith you know i had a, a huge uh Chip on my shoulder and, like, lived in a negative space a lot. And there's a man, I'm not going to say his name, but uh, he's just an old carpenter. And I worked with the man for three years before I ever really had a conversation with him. And uh, it's through... A very weird situation that he and I wound up having these conversations. So like I said we had worked together for three years and I had wound up hiring a guy that worked for me for a day and that guy that worked with me for a day wound up introducing me and this other man on a different level and uh, my life has 100% been changed by this old toothless carpenter that talk to me about life energies and, you know, ways of harnessing yourself and looking for positivity and looking for balance in life and how to uh, take the negative aspect and realize that, you know, without the negative side you can't have the good and without the good you can't have. And it's completely changed my perspective in life. And so, you know, just a, a random man that if you were to just look at him on the street, you'd be like, this man has nothing to offer me. But he's completely changed my life for the better.
0: You know, there's a lot of people like that in Hawaii. Like you, Tim that, O'Reilly's like that. Yeah, yeah there you go. That, that, like, that... that <clears throat> you'd probably think like, oh, this person, this person's a vagrant, you know, can't right. stumble on the bar just drunk. But you know, th- lo and behold, they have like three different houses on the hills across the island. Right. <laughs> like, right. <what>? Exactly.
2: <laughs> well, you know what, what's interesting, you're talking about people that are, you know, quote unquote a, a nobody in like kind of pop culture's eyes or whatever. But I think we learn more from our failures than our successes I, I, yeah. if, if someone's successful everybody likes to ask them what, what can I do that's right where did you go right and I want to do the right thing too because I want to have success you know but it, it's a much more profound lesson if somebody's like you know what this is where I went wrong and it, it's, it's rare to find because people don't like to be vulnerable that way they don't like to be judged and I think the reason why an old toothless carpenter a bum under a bridge is a good person to get that wisdom from because I think each of us have it but those people are no longer worried about what people think about them. They already assume people think the worst, and the rest of us are too afraid to share where we went wrong, which is too bad because we could really impact people if we were okay with that. I
1: I definitely agree with you, and I think that you know there's a lot of people that without you know the. For lack of a better term, coming to my brain, like trials and tribulations that it may be s- self-inflicted, you know, like you, it doesn't you, matter, though, yeah. right? But without that, they wouldn't have the successes that they have. They wouldn't have, and because you know, they provided the exactly, exactly, mm-hmm. and it, by sharing that, well, I think it's two different ways, though, Garrett. Like by sharing that, are you? going to help someone reach the success by sharing your negatives or do you think that people have to experience that negative to be able to you know fully understand and comprehend
0: I can answer that question right now because I learned a lot of things not to do from the neighbors I grew up across street from didn't have to experience a lot of the negative things they experienced from the actions they took I was like well that's why you don't do that, and then yeah. and then another vote, oh, oh, and that there, yep. But, but the granted it was across the street, so I could like actually see it and almost feel it, right. even though it wasn't me personally experiencing what was happening. I could watch you it, hear, it and hear the like, screams, and hear yells. the screams, could you know watch the splatters, see the, and be like, nope, not gonna participate in that activity in life. <laughs> yeah, but here's, the,
2: but but you've had your own difficulties regardless. Sure. So so to answer your question, I I like I had it pretty easy growing up. We all talk about my dad's cool and all this kind of stuff and we were fairly fortunate, you know, what I mean he made good money. My parents were great, you know. Um I had every good thing and no reason for anything to go wrong. But I definitely had a heavy dosing of darkness in my life, even like as a teenager. And one of the things that used to kind of bug me was that other people seemed to have more physical hardships. And I just wish I had something to blame for my hardship, but I couldn't ever even explain why. And that's a scary place to be. So one of the things that I I try to remind myself now that I've come out of that is not to, you know... Blame other people. Be- we have this thing where if someone's doing really good and they're happy about it or confident about it or you know what I mean, cocky about it, even we try to bring them down a couple notches. You know what I'm saying? As, as a society, yeah. Well, that's why we all pick on Dave Kaufman. <laughs> yeah, he's too tall. Yeah, get right. down here, Dave. Exactly. <laughs> bring you down a little bit. We're talking to you, rattlers. <laughs> but um, but no, there's yeah yeah. I mean. It's great to learn from other people's mistakes, and if you can, it can save you a lot of pain. But I think I don't think there's a person that got out of life unscathed.
0: I don't it, think there's a single one. My favorite one. Guns N' Roses quote, or they may have been quoting somebody else. And they, uh, be lucky to get out of life alive. Oh no, they were suggesting that maybe you could. You'd be lucky to get out of life alive. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's I mean, you know, we all have our our issues. And it was funny, I, my way of dealing with it was to artificially generate difficulty in my life, which is why I had, in during that time period, so many adventure stories. Let we like hear all of my stories, like past and stuff like that. Like, I'll give a shout out to From the Ground Up uh, podcast. They did an interview with me, and they're like, We don't want to ask about as or businesses. So I just want to like, where the hell did you come from? You know what I mean. Like, what made you? And they got the life story. So that's a good one for our listeners that want that. But I had this like emotional or depressional darkness. Yeah, and I had to like make it physical. So for me, like when I the first thing for that was like I started cutting. I was masochistic, and I would cut myself or cause myself pain or burn myself or do those kind of to kind of feel physical pain because it was easier. Than emotional pain, most definitely, and then yeah, it just it kind of went from there, and all the crazy
0: playing with connects, crocodiles and I all that. I can connect a couple of things with that. I, w- with your stories of Stanley, comic books, and then the the cutting thing, it wasn't anywhere related other than there. I did cut myself and carved. I carved venom into my arm, <laughs> 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 the, the, the Marvel comic with a with a pen with a sharp tip of a pen. <laughs> There you go. I gave myself a tattoo. It wasn't masochistic. Well, well I guess it was maybe a little bit.
2: <laughs> well, I, if you consider tattoos masochistic, no, it
0: wasn't you know. a traditional tattoo it, by any means.
2: Well, a,
1: yeah. and it, man, so <laughs> I, just, I forgot that, I did that. that until you said that. <laughs> it, it's funny to me. I, I'm not comically funny, but peculiar funny. That like you had. You know, like you said, you didn't really have that external darkness that other people could see, but you were dealing with your own things yeah. internally. Mm. And I, I, my best friend growing up, like I love this guy to death. And still to this day, I love him to death. And I remember being a kid and growing up in the household that I grew up in, which was tumultuous and, you know, wasn't a super stable environment. And I, when I first started going over to his house and hanging out with his family, I honestly looked for something that was messed up. Like I was looking for their secret because I was like, nothing is this perfect, like nothing. I've never seen a family like this. Like I've never seen an atmosphere that was so loving and true. And like, you know, this family is so close and like, they really love, you know, the whole family is in sync and love each other. And like, I I had never seen that. Mm. And so I thought that no, and still to this day, like (laughs) I can go to these people's houses, man, and like they embrace me, and you know they love me, and like I had never seen that, Mm. and I didn't, I thought there was some big hidden secret, you know, and there wasn't. Like Mm. I, I didn't, I couldn't fathom that this, you know, picturesque lifestyle really existed because the other people in my life that I had encountered. That didn't exist, you know, and I'd never seen it. So it's interesting that, you know, you had to create not drama, but you had to create that for yourself to be able to expunge your inner darkness, you know, because you didn't have that external. For when me, it was more of
2: I don't know if I did it because I didn't have that. I just I just had it and I didn't have anything to blame. I didn't have excuse. Yeah. You know what I mean I felt messed up And I didn't have an excuse For why I was messed up You know what I'm saying Teenage that, angst Yeah cause it's Kinda I don't know Hey
0: hormones are a big deal yeah. I mean like You know
2: Like stuff happened We went through things There was problems But Plenty of people Went through way worse
0: Oh sure so. Well sometimes Emotional and mental problems Can be more difficult Than The latter than, More than people Maybe think or. or oh most or definitely think. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this, the
2: people who are able to achieve the most, I think unanimously agree, if you look across, it doesn't matter what kind of person or what they're doing, is that they set their mental state in a direction first, and then their actions and the universe <laughs> follows you know what i'm saying uh, but that's but
1: manifestation a, you know that's uh, you you're manifesting what's
2: happening well right. i mean even just beyond that like you know y- you you will renew your life by transforming your mind yeah. so because there's a, you're a perception of your own change that needs to happen well i don't know that we i don't i don't know that i buy like <laughs> that i can manifest that tree to grow a little taller i'm not talking like about you you can you know, manifest
1: your own path your universe well here's the thing
2: we can't necessarily change what happens to us but we can definitely change how we react to it and so when you're talking about the the mental side can be harder if your brain is taking your chemistry is taking you down a dark way it's very hard to overcome that even if you have relatively few trials because that's driving you in a direction like a locomotive is very difficult to stop but if you can change your perspective, it changes everything and that's actually what happened for me. I was suicidal for years. I had multiple suicidal attempts, stuff like that. you know never thought I would live this long, so I'm all busted up. you know.
0: I had a girl come up my driveway the other day that was like that. you know really you guys both know my driveway. it was very yeah. odd to have this girl just come up our driveway. it state. was someone
2: you didn't know Mm-mm. just a random suicidal person
0: found a house and it was yours, huh. Wow! Tell me this story.
1: Yeah, I had the conversation. Yeah.
0: Um, okay, so I, I put this on the, the vlog that it hasn't gone out yet. Actually, um, she, I was coming back up the stairs, found that there was a box there, so I, I went to go grab it, and then I saw her coming up. She kind of like, she wasn't wearing shoes, and she she was a young girl. You know, um, turned out she's about twenty four, and she had, uh, you know, like, stuff on the front, like she's a little bit, bit dirty. She'd like come down the side of the hill or mountain from where her house. With her, where her parents, live, where she lives with her parents, and she of she's coming with the driveway, like out of breath, just like looking distraught and out of, and just not. So
2: she's like a neighbor gal, yeah. kind of run away from home type right.
0: of situation. Right. I got you. And she's like, "Help! Help! Help me! I'm, I'm being abused!" And I was just like, "Oh my god, what's Whoa. happening?" I was, yeah. like, I was like, I just went to went to her and was like just like trying to assess like how she was you know, she's obviously walking so she, uh, I got her came, sat her down in a chair she's like just come sit like catch your breath I was like, Do you, like I'm gonna get you some water to like just sit here I just, but first I made sure she could because she was just like <laughs> you know just like like that and I was like you just please just calm down take a seat I was like you're, si- you're safe right here It's like is anybody following you and she was like and she's like and I was like, oh shit. So I need like, to make sure, like, I was like looking for, make sure I had like a way if somebody's actually following this person and trying to hurt them, like that. I was able to, A, defend. This is where my family, all my family's on, everybody's inside. And so I was like, okay, let me kind of make, assess that, make sure there's nobody coming up my driveway else right now yeah. following this girl. And if I need to take them out, <laughs> a, dangerous <laughs> a dangerous situation. A dangerous situation that yeah. I need to put it into as Jeez. quickly as possible. Um, Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. You know, there was nobody following her up my driveway. So I I got her, you know, calm down, her breathing, get her some water, and um, you know, she says she has been suicidal in the past. She had spent time in in you know six different mental hospitals. She was she was lucid, and was just, that's why I kind of said she wasn't just like some crazy person coming calling up out of the creek, happened to come up our driveway. Like she was understanding that she was in a bad way. You know, she had had a little altercation with her parents and she was still able to express that her, her parents are loving she loves her parents but it's just like she's dealing with this stuff she's taking you know medication you know xanax and seroquel i think it was what she called it and uh and there was just it there had been a moment and it got a little rough and she she had to run and her parents called the police and she's been again she'd been in mental mental hospital like six different times and it's just not working for her they're just throwing drugs at her yeah and that's what they do yeah and uh and it w- I was getting to a spot where like, got out of the water, we were calming out, we we're talking about it, and she's like starting to feel, She's like, I feel bad that I'm here. You know, I don't want to be messing up. I said, Do you stay here as long as you need to? Like, you know, you don't have to go anywhere. You, know, you don't feel like you're intruding here. You, you, know, you need some help. We're here to help you. You can sit and, and calm. And right about this point, a couple police officers come to the driveway, and I and immediately <coughs> like I could feel the tension, the situation that I've just finished alleviating start to build start right. building again. I was like. So, oh man, how are we gonna do this? And and, and they come up and they start asking me these questions. I'm like, dude, I, like, you're, I guess you start to like get m- getting more worked up again. I was like, I just calmed this down. I, I, I wasn't trying to get into a situation where I'm gonna try to tell these officers how to do their job or like getting myself in a situation, you know, with with that. You know, they're obviously armed and police. Um, <laughs> you were thinking about beating them up, <laughs> <laughs> police. No, no, I was thinking about like I, I I I mean the fact that she had been through the system. Set, you know, all yeah, this right, right, and right. it's failed. It failed there, and it's failed clearly. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, luckily, it, it was able to stay calm. They asked if you know, and Hillary came down at this point. They asked if we would, you know, go upstairs and give privacy. And I, I just ignored them. I was like, turned to girl, I was like, "What do you want? Like, if you want us to go, we'll we'll go and give some space. But if you want us to stay here, we're not going anywhere." Like, and she's like, and she again, she was like, "I just feel a little bad. I feel so bad. I can't." It was like, "Don't feel bad. Like, you are welcome here." You don't have to go. Do not feel bad. If you want us to go and give them more space, we will. But if if and we stayed, long story short, we didn't go anywhere. And I'm having a conversation with the officers about like you know and they, they're also well aware of how the system is failing people and that the right. the mental the state of you know mental health in the country. One of the officers was just like yeah, mental state it's just abysmal. The whole the whole situation is like the drugs Probably are just a band aid. More now after the last year exactly, well, but it's. But it still went, and then, and then more people, <coughs> <coughs> and fire, truck, and ambulance, and, like, all these men coming up in uniform, like, you know, ended up being, like, 8 to 10. And this, surrounding this frightened, scared, you know, verbally spoken, she's just frightened and, and scared little girl. I just felt, I just felt so bad for her. I was trying to talk to the officers and keep a straight face and not fucking break down because I felt so bad for how this girl was clearly hurting and needed some real help to get her through what she was struggling with mentally. And how she was just not going to get it, going like the thing that she's been through already, you know, a bunch of times. And um, I tried to do everything I could in the situation, as far as like making sure she can reach back out to us and and come. We can help her as much as we can. We, we have friends that are going through similar things that have had alternate solutions to with success and getting out of those type of mental areas. Um, and I hope that her parents reach out. Luckily, I, I know what. Based on what they, the officers are saying, know oh, what street, and I feel like I maybe just walk by and see if I can spot her parents. And like, like just in case these guys didn't give me my card, like we're neighbors, we want to help wherever yeah, we yeah. can.
2: Well, I tell, you, I tell you what, I think that's the kind of circle back to the whole Stan Lee, you be the hero kind of thing. That that's that moment.
1: Yeah, and man, I'm. It's, they're small
2: I, moments, but they can make a big difference. That's what we're talking about here.
1: I'm by no means a doctor and I, I I have no medical background to tell anybody anything, but everyone that, you know, I'm not afraid to talk about my past and the fact that, you know, I, I will always be not an active, but I will always be an opiate addict, like always, you know, for the rest of my life, I'll be an opiate addict. And I've, I've seen what legal drugs do to people. I know where my addiction started was from doctors giving me shitloads of pain pills when I was 18 years old, you know, and just giving me all this stuff. But with benzos, you know, obviously Xanax is a benzo. Uh, I've seen the destruction that benzos do to people. I've seen it firsthand. And benzos are very touchy to me. Because, uh, you know, I almost lost my family to to benzos. I almost lost, you know, Katie and my daughter to benzos and my entire family structure. And to to take people that are having issues, to take people that are having problems already. And, and give to, them an, addic- an addiction. To <laughs> give them this, this certain addiction. Yeah. Because I've watched Xanax. And it, like it's very emotional to me. I'm fighting back tears because uh, like, I've watched people that I love like go from taking this shit because they were going through some fucked up things from their past and trying to deal with this to it causing them to fall under a table and drool. And if they fought through that, they were a completely different person. You can look in their eyes and their eyes are black like a shark size and dead, and they're not who they are. And you're just feeding all this chemical poison to people that are searching for help. And there's, we have to, as a country and as a, as a people worldwide, like the, the more we can bring up mental illness and talk about it without the stigma and without, you know, the, the bullshit connotation and truly try to help people and find methods away from just jamming you know poisons down people's throats that are changing their who they are and changing everything about them and putting them in a worse situation than they started like we the 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 world has to find a way to do this and you know the more that it's talked about the better
0: yeah i I agree i agree and and it goes back to the simple times. I mean, if, if everybody made it a little simpler, you know, what did all the doctors take? The Hippocratic Oath. What was one of Hippocrates' big thing? Let thy food be thy medicine. You know, yeah. That yeah. seems pretty simple, but gets real complicated all of a sudden.
1: Most definitely.
0: Well, the whole food scenario is complicated right now. <laughs> that's another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cheating <and> vegans. Um, <laughs> man,
0: we, I feel like we went, we dove deep in the shallow end, then we went deep, and then we went deep, and then we went deep. Can we come? Can we get like lighthearted for a second? Is that possible? Can we do? I,
2: I saw a Puerto Rican boa.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see a Puerto Cites Rican one.
2: Boa. You told me you saw an apodora. I
1: did, and I didn't know it was there because I've been looking for an apodora for Dude. a while did you, now. Did you know you
0: were supposed to tell him if he saw an apodora? Yeah, everybody. Everybody,
1: everybody knows they're supposed to tell me uh-huh. if they see an apodora.
2: Well, I told you. A little too late, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was an Apidora for the layman's is the Papuan like the Papuan olive pyth, they used to call them olive pythons but there was one at the show um, it was on Friday yeah. and that again, come on Friday you know, you sell the cool stuff he, so here's the crazy thing and some of us were talking about this Blake Wilson and I were talking about this a little bit this weekend um, Was Blake here? Yeah
0: I've <sighs> seen him once
2: Yeah, well, he doesn't care to come to your booth and <laughs> talk to you I guess to.
0: not, thanks Blake Blake Wilson.
2: <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we were talking a little bit, just kind of like animals that fall in and out of trends and stuff like that. And there; they're, they're yeah. very trendy right now. Everybody wants them. That's why you can't find them. And they're rarely bred in captivity.
1: But Riley had told me uh, 2016 was the last time they were produced in the United States.
2: Uh, okay. Sure. Whatever. I believe that. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. But but it, this one was definitely younger than 2016. So, must be...
1: Captive-bred or wild-caught?
2: I mean, that's supposedly a captive-bred show. There's a lot of not-captive-bred <laughs> stuff there. So I'm assuming it's wild-caught. It, I mean, I suppose it could be imported. Because usually with the wild-caught stuff, they look pretty poor shape. Yeah. And, and then they're usually kind of cheap, too. This one looked great, but it was very expensive. <laughs> yeah. So maybe maybe someone... I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the Apodora scene, but... um you know apodora is something like if i think about buying a and Python, i think about oh yeah what 400 bucks 500 bucks maybe 600 cuz they're popular no nah, this thing was 3 grand yeah. mm. 3 g's and and you can say that's too expensive but i'll tell you what it's gone
0: it's sold no i won't say any, i will never say anything is too expensive because if it if somebody will buy it then no it's i mean people not. that there's always <laughs> yes you're right you're right well I'm, to that point if it's point, too expensive it won't sell
2: <laughs> right To that point, uh, I saw like a maybe seven foot green anaconda female. I saw it. It was like thirty five hundred bucks. I I saw it. Yeah, and that's a to me is like a classic example of people like, "What? I could buy them for ninety nine dollars." And maybe they can still pull up some old ad that a website that doesn't even sell reptiles anymore didn't pull their website down from fifteen years ago or whatever. But people complain about stuff that used to be cheap and is now expensive. But I'm sorry, guys. That's like the that's the way of the world. Things come and they go and they change. And things that were very expensive, like air travel, is now relatively affordable. You right. know what I mean? Go back 80 years and go buy a plane ticket. You know. Uh, on the other hand, you know things that were cheap, like
0: gas thanks Biden administration <laughs> <laughs>
1: are now very expensive
0: Sorry. anyway.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, but it goes around and around and around, but that's a good example. Look at lumber prices right now. You try oh, to yeah. buy something like any kind of materials. Yeah, like yeah for like, sure. But, but COVID I mean, related. guess what? Uh, there was a global pandemic and now it happens or a border to a certain country closed and, you know what? You all that complain about them being expensive, you're not the ones that cared enough to breed them when they were cheap. So <laughs> yeah,
0: um, plywood boards. <laughs> you should, no, I'm talking animals.
1: Plywood boards are like sixty-five dollars, yeah, right? Like for a, a sheet of plywood. Who breeding
0: them properly so we can have them in captivity. You, you breed trees, Dodo. More <laughs> trees. Oh, we need more trees.
1: <laughs> now, y'all lot. be careful Thanks when, a a when lot, you're breeding in your character.
2: plywoods. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't get a splinter. <laughs>
0: Oh my
1: God, <laughs> Zach Nava, Nava Reptiles.
2: <laughs> I don't have have any. some more of your
0: scotch. Oh, you're st- you don't like st- your sponsored scotch? Stingy, you're stingy. I do. It's, it's not bad. It's good. It's good scotch. Yeah, it's good scotch. There's no doubt about it. Balvenie Caribbean Cask. But it ain't no old Carter bash
2: for it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Bourbon snob over
2: here. <laughs> he is and a I bourbon snob. i the opposite snob.
0: for such a long time. Like, are oh, you drinking bourbon? I have got scotch.
2: I've got scotch. <laughs> I've got scotch.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, sure. Yeah, it's kind of like prices. Hypocrisy
0: goes around and around and around. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I want to go find the rest of our crew and apologize to them for kicking them out of the room, even though I told them they should be quiet if they want to stay in here. That's your excuse for being a dick. It's it is. It is.
2: I, it
1: was prefaced, so you can't feel too bad.
0: Okay, yeah, I did say please if you not can't, 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 can't Anyways, I was getting distracted. I was trying to listen to what you were saying, and it was just, just super distracted. Searchable as
3: reptile.